In the Dolcran's world, snacks of a most unique and often disturbing nature are handled by an elite group of snack reporters. The dedicated commentators tasked with discussing these abominations are known as the Dollboys. These are their stories. And welcome back. You are in the Cran Box. We are recording live from the Mendelssohn Studios. I'm Gabriel Zuger, along with Julian and Tony from the Bronx. Julian and Tony from the Bronx here with Gabe Zuger. Uh, we are here for the official open of the snack bracket. Um, and once again, I want to mention uh, we are the Mendelssohn Studios, of course, in honor of my wife uh, and her family. And we just wanted to clear up some issues around uh, Wonderlick scoring, just so we know exactly who the dullest crayons in the box are. So uh, from ascending order, we're going to be going through our, our own Wonderlick scores. I, of course, with the lowest at a 27. Tony, what was your score? I believe I also had a 27. Though. Also a 27. Equally poor. Also a 27. Are you trying to backdoor in a jab at Tony? Yeah, no, I was not. It sounded like it, right? No, I, I no, guess no, put no. us together may be able to get close to you. I mean, I'm not quite sure. What that's right. If we tag team it. Well, if you add your scores up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Well, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. That. If we add our scores up, we're over the 50 threshold. So. Yeah. I mean, Beyond human. <laughs> <laughs> so together, we are a good... Good team, I would say. Does that qualify us as artificial intelligence? The problem or is beyond human. The two of you are so. If you could just team up and work together, you'd be beyond what any human could be. But you're so selfish, both of you. Mm. That yeah, it gets in the way. I agree. Always. I mean, I would definitely tank his fucking wonder leg if I, I had a chance. I don't know. I feel like my wrong answers were your right answers. I think we balance each other out. That's the way I look at things. Well, I know, I but also, but as as we've stated on this before, I would rather argue the wrong side than be on course. the right side. So I again, uh, who knows? Who knows what would happen? But like, it's it is messed up that the wonder like you can't score higher than a fifty in the sense that like, what if there's a super genius out there who does the wonder like in nine minutes? Right? I see they they answer all fifty questions perfectly correct in nine minutes, and they have time for more. You're right. Actually, that is flawed. But but what have they done on the SATs about that? True. I mean, you would be beyond the exceeds expectations. Like, we would really want to know what would you really be, though. Like, you're not just exceeds expectations. Like, you are... Like, is, you know, can you IQ can that? go up for forever, right? No. <laughs> I don't think it can. No, can there's it? a ceiling. Oh, maybe it can. Is it? I don't know. I never realized. I actually never thought of that. I guess I, I never... Like, I knew I would never be near that ceiling, so I never thought of the ceiling. All right, we're we're obviously not above the ceiling for IQ, but Speak before well before but we have to we have to get through the rest of the <laughs> Wonderlick scores. So my wife scored a shocking thirty three. Very impressed, all of us. Golf claps, golf claps for Pauline, and uh, the ranking member in the Wonderlick, Julian. What was your score? I had a forty three. Forty three. So thirty three for Pauline. Forty three. For Julian, and I, I felt like it was important that we went over these scores before we did any rounds of the snack bracket, just so we really understand and appreciate everybody's intelligence levels here. Well, Gabe, I do want to stop you there, because there is a difference between book smarts and snack smarts. <laughs> Some kids grow up on the hard streets of Snack City, and they have you know a sensibility about snacks, even if they don't have that fancy book learning. And this is a point this is a point that I hope that we get to make later because we have individually written out our own secret snack brackets. Uh, everybody has taken their opportunity to determine who they think will advance in each round based on every matchup and who our eventual winners will be. So at the end, Julian, we really are gonna find out who has the greatest snack smarts, whose whose bracket matches up best to what actually takes place. Uh, and with that, I think we should get started with... Round one. Uh, so in round one of today's quadrant, we're going to be doing the cracker bracket. The qu cracker, cracker quadrant. The crack quad. 
<laughs> which we've established crackers were named after the after the drug, the famous drug of the 80s. Well, I mean, a good cracker is like crack. A good cracker is like I crack. You just you can't stop. We're going to find out which one of these crackers is the most crack-like. And also very dangerous to shoot up crackers. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. I mean, Tony Brock knows that. That's if, for sure. If you're not smoking crack and you want another way to take it in, same with crackers, booty bump your crackers. Don't shoot them up. Yeah. Booty bump. A free base is also a safe way. I mean... Safe? <laughs> Well, safer than shooting up, to be sure, um, and always a good a good snort. You know, just just get that flavor right right up in the nostril. I don't know if you can snort free base. Well, snorting and free basing are two different things. Well, no, but like uh, the stuff for free base, isn't it like like crack? It's like a, a solid chunk. It's it not is like, solid. It's chunk. not a powder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 yeah. I guess my question then is: We're talking about free basing, or something. we are. What region? Would this be? Because, you know, when you do the March Madness brackets, it's the Northeast, the South, well, the West. What are we so, thinking oh, here? Oh, are, are we crackers? crackers are we thinking crack- yeah, like, what, where, where do you think crackers would be? I mean, crackers Wisconsin. are... Wisconsin. Yeah, there's such a, there's such a bread... There's such a bread and, and butter... And yeah, yeah, yeah. Cracker. Right, yeah. right. They're a meat and potatoes kind of bracket, right? A okay. kind of quadrant. So, yeah, you, you definitely think Midwest. Midwest? Okay. Um, I would also say they could be the the Atlantic, the okay. Mid Atlantic, okay. right? There's there's solidness there, but nothing really flashy, yeah. you know, sort of just consistency. I mean, I guess I'm looking at the the matchups here, and I'm looking for my Wichita State. I'm look I'm looking for that one team, that underdog team that you know flies under the radar and just sneaks up on you and, and just takes over. And so who 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 who's would the be bad news bears? Yeah, who's the bad news bears. Yeah, who's your bad news bears then, Tony? In this quadrant so far, just looking at your matchups. Honestly, wait. I think though, actually, bad news bears and Wichita State are different things. So specifically, bad news bears. Are we asking Tony or Wichita State? <laughs> I think Gabe is more about the bad I, news bears. He I'm more about the bad news yeah, bears. The bad I really news. am. Who's gonna fuck shit up? Oh, who's I, gonna come in and wreck shit? I think we all know who Bad News Bears is, and that's Zombie Takis. Uh, no, mean, but that's not in the Cracker Quadrant. We're in the oh, Cracker Quadrant yeah, right but, now. Okay, it, the Bad News Bears in the In the Cracker Quadrant, yeah. I don't think Bad News Bears play in the... I guess Flavor <laughs> Plastic Goldfish? I'm a little unsure on this whole ginger lemongrass Triscuit. I gotta be real with you. Mm, Honestly. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I feel like it's gonna really hit you over the head, and you're like, this is really fucking terrible. And I don't, I don't think I can eat anything else. Or it's going to swing me the other way. Honestly, I think for me, the Wichita State, yeah. nutmeg. I think nutmeg's going to get you. I think nutmeg's going to carry you. And you're going to be shocked. I agree. I think, I think that nutmeg and cinnamon, they're two spices that are essential in all good cooking, sure. all great cooking, sure. really. And if this is balanced properly, the nutmeg and cinnamon Triscuit could, limited edition, which you know always carries me as well, like... That's a stunner. Yeah. I don't know. You can also live off the reputation of a Triscuit. Well, and that's why Triscuits are heavily, heavily favored in this quadrant with uh, three representations. Would you say a Triscuit is a powerhouse company? Or would you say they're just, you know, run in the mill, they they remain constant and and, and steady every single year? They always put up a good fight. What would you think? Oh, they're definitely a strong fundamentals team. They play good Princeton-style Princeton offense, right? Okay. I respect that. Uh, that. Balance. yeah, they're like a team that like sort of racist older people like because oh. they're not that flashy sure. and they can complain about like why can't the NBA just be like these guys like it used to be. And wear the short shorts and the high socks. Yeah, I respect that. I see. They're they're your cracker barrel. And why is everybody got tattoos? Yeah. But still Why do all these crackers have tattoos? <laughs> I respect it. So true. So, starting without tattoos, okay, this is a no-flare, to me, this is a no-flare kind of uh, cracker. We have, in the in round one, the first matchup, kale and sea salt uh, back-to-nature wheat thins. Mm. Okay, now they are up against, again, one we've talked about as a dark horse here, nutmeg and cinnamon triscuits. So... Can I just say, cracker category has a great passing game. Oh, <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> I agree with that. And it's yeah. all about ball movement. Yeah. No matter what, right? Share the ball. That's that's the point of the sport. Oh, yeah. Right. Listen, I mean, right. this, you know, 
this reminds me of that play-in game, though, where you have like those two teams that have to fight to get into the tournament. And I, I really, I really, I mean, listen, the combo of Kale and Seasalt, that Seasalt might swing us here, but I agree with you, Gabe. Nutmeg and Cinnamon, it just has a good feeling, especially on a nice, cool night like we are right now. I, I love, I'm loving what I'm hearing right now. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Everybody's got their kale and sea salt back-to-nature crackers, including, I'm sorry, uh, fifth contestant tonight, uh, Tig. Judge. Fifth judge. First dog of the pod, Tig. And Tig is going to town on this one, it appears. Yeah, she's eating it. Uh, it's got a good umami. That's a good a sign. Dog. Yeah, that's a good sign. You always want to see that out of your dog, your dog judges. Now, classic, classic wheat thin crunch, good size, great mouthfeel, you know, perfect bite, um, but it's going to be a no for me, dog. Randy Jackson, I think they're committed to sustainability, but the flavor, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Not feeling it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't taste like kale. Uh, no. It's not salty enough. I don't know what I'm catching. Julian, your thoughts? There is definitely a flavor there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It feels almost... Maybe the mixture of kale and sea salt makes uh, uh, makes seaweed. Like, those th two things together. But that's what I'm getting from it. <laughs> it's, um, it's funny you should say seaweed because uh, I'm reading from Pauline's notes who... Uh, many should know, is not here with us today, could not be here with us today, and uh, per a prior agreed-to arrangement, Julian and I will not be discussing uh, her existence, nor how or when she partook of the snacks we'll be discussing. But I have in her notes here, she wrote, uh, they smell like algae, they taste like algae. <laughs> so I think seaweed, algae, these are not far off. I think you're right on the money there, Julian. You know, a, your your wife's got a really nice, clean, simple uh, pro style. She's got great chops. Must yes. be those higher Wonderlick scores, <laughs> I guess. Some people just have it, and some people start podcasts. So, we are now tasting from the uh, Nutmeg Limited Edition uh, Nutmeg and Cinnamon Triscuits. Powerful scent. Powerful aroma. Okay. I like it, though I will say uh, it's a little low on flavor. Mm -hmm. Could use more cinnamon and nutmeg and less triscuity. And you know what? All that salt in there, throw in a little sugar. Mm -hmm. Make these a dessert triscuit. Mm -hmm. Triscuit for the holidays. Almost like a brown sugar would do it really nicely for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. And they play a lot. They play a lot with alternative ingredients, right? They they do a lot of sweet potato triscuits and um, you know really earthy stuff. So I think brown sugar would definitely work well with them. Once again, Julian, you and Pauline are really on the same wavelength. Pauline writes, "I don't dislike it, but the flavoring isn't strong enough. Kind of just tastes like a sweet triscuit. I'd eat it, but it can't win anything." Mm. Mm. So. Not a wow. Not as much of a wow as we were hoping for, I think, from, from any of us. But, you know, on the cover of this box of Triscuits is, uh, on the Triscuit, there's sweet potato, uh, a walnut, and an apple. Which, you know, I suppose in that sort of, uh, rustic, um, <laughs> hors d'oeuvre uh, party food, uh, these could work. <laughs> They they do feel like autumn. I I really yeah. like how you're considering this this uh, this cover art of well, the well, Gabe. The, I think you served it. Right. The lone walnut, which also to me looks kind of like a uh, brain, just a cockroach laying there uh, on the on the yeah. sweet potato. It's kind mash. of like the token black guy. That's a part of it right now. For me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. I don't know. All walnuts look like brains to me. Yeah. Also, I just I can't imagine so eating a triscuit brain. with anything but cheese. I mean, it, it's just, it's the right size and texture and shape for cheese. Walnut apple mash is, I don't know. Oh, I should clarify, uh, my dog did eat it, though slowly. 
to get it hesitantly with reservation. Uh, we now move on. As we said, this is a Triscuit-heavy quadrant, so we're going to finish off our Triscuit segment here with the matchup. And for me, this is this is uh, an issue. This this could be really hotly contested of ginger and lemongrass Triscuit versus fig and honey Triscuit. Um, we go now live to the lemon grass ginger Triscuit already in progress. Wait, have we picked our winners for the first... Oh, I'm so sorry. You're right. I'm jumping ahead. Uh, so if we haven't mentioned already, round one is decided by a majority vote of uh, myself, Tony from the Bronx, and Julian uh, with... No mention whatsoever of my wife or Tig's taste. Uh, round one. Where are we? Where are we, guys? I'm Team Nutmeg. All right. Default. Yeah. It's unanimous. It's Nutmeg Triscuit takes it in round one. Though I will say, I imagine people who really, who do like the kale and sea salt cracker, love the kale and sea salt cracker. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. For them. I bet you there are people who buy those every week. Alright, so this is the ginger and lemongrass Triscuit. Correct. You know? That, that, that crunching sound you hear is the thoughtful contemplation of the really subtle flavors taking place. You were saying, Julian? Oh, I'm finding <laughs> out that Triscuits, for whatever reason, whether it's a stinginess on their makers or that they're just not good at holding flavor... They're a poor vehicle for flavor dust. Yeah. And we've talked a lot on this show about dusting and how you really want to have good dusting technology. Um, otherwise, you're going to get left behind in the snack game. I would honestly just buy a bag of flavor dust. <laughs> you have also said that before on the podcast. Um, you know, I know I can buy, you know, jars of nutmeg and cinnamon, but, you know, I would... <laughs> Whatever the dust that makes up fig and honey triscuits, even though I haven't tried them yet, I'd be curious just to try the dust, mm -hmm. put it on a different cracker, mm -hmm. a different chip. Mm -hmm. Popcorn, maybe. We'll have to try that. I, I would love to try Hint of Lime Popcorn. That is one we could not find, and we have a whole quadrant devoted to popcorn. So Popcorn's a great snack. It's pretty disappointing that it's not out there. Popcorn is a great snack. Tony, your thoughts on the lemongrass and ginger? It's not for me. Not um, for him. Um, I went in with... You wanted to like it. Yeah, I, I tried. I really did. I really did. I did, too. I'm actually curious on what your wife thought. What are the notes on, what are the notes on this? Pauline's notes on lemongrass, uh, the lemongrass and ginger Triscuit. It smells like tea soap. I don't taste any of those flavors. Maybe I just don't like flavored Triscuits. I had a feeling it would be like tea soap, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... I don't, I like ginger and lemongrass other things. This just didn't do it though. Yeah. You agree? No, very much okay. so. Yeah. Now I just want to eat some pickled ginger. Ooh, Ooh. that sounds good. We might have to do a sushi break. I was at gonna some say point. we might have to do a run. Not, not a sushi report. I'm not saying we're gonna move into <laughs> bracketing sushi or, or anything like that, but damn, yeah. Dins is next. I agree with you though. You know, just taking a look at the Triscuit. Plenty of space for some. You of would think dust. so, right? It's plenty it's, of space to settle in. It's almost like a waffle with syrup, right? And it's we can we can all acknowledge yeah. we can all acknowledge that there are some dustier Triscuits in every bag, right? There's there's one or two that look really flavorful above all others. So I feel like there's an unevenness. I feel like this is a casino situation, right? Where there's too many blueberries in one muffin and not enough blueberries in the other muffin. How do you get all of them to have the same amount of blueberries, the same amount of fucking dusting, or, you know, is... You yell at your employees. Are you just going to have to yell at your employees and fire them? I mean, the other thing is that each box of Triscuit also has three steps to delicious, and it's a different recommendation for each flavor, and so it's almost like you're going to need more to like this. And I'm mm -hmm. sorry, but if we're doing it just matched up of basic of what it is as a Triscuit cracker, I don't know. We talked at one point about having hummus and dippables and potentially cheese involved. 
but the the math got too complicated. Uh, the quadratic equation was invoked, and we decided Just quadrant and quadratic have. A similar cognate. Um, I just like K sounds, Julian. Right. Can I just say the K sounds? He's letting, his, he's letting his 27. But anyway. Alright. Instant thoughts? Fig and honey triscuit? I like it. Yeah. It's got more flavor than any of the other triscuits we've tried. Stands alone. It wouldn't need stuff on top of it. What's the picture on it? What, what do they say put on it? They've got sort of a schmear of ricotta... Grilled asparagus and a little more honey in case you didn't have enough honey in the Triscuit itself. Hmm. I'd try that, but looks, I'm looks happy. tasty. I don't know if I'd want asparagus on it. I mean, Tony from the Bronx, I really appreciate it because the asparagus is formed and a big X, so you can picture, rest in peace, big pun. X factor. But that X right there. right there, yeah. Yeah. I say we skip right to the conclusion here. Are we all in agreement? Fig winner, and honey winner. Triscuit. Yeah. Fig and honey Triscuit. Winner, winner. Um, and reading from Pauline's notes here. She liked it. I like it. It's sweet and salty. Simple, concise, brevity is the soul of wit. Uh, we now move on to the Cheez-It section of the quadrant, and we have a matchup of really complex flavors. We have the duos. These are two duos going head-to-head. The duos bacon and cheddar, and duos jalapeno and cheddar jack. Um, we begin now with bacon and cheddar. Initial thoughts, just off of the combos? It's going to be, uh, interesting as far as how the Cheez-Its rank up individually themselves, right? Given that each one has its own unique flavor within the box, and how they match up together for me. Right, I'm gonna wanna really angle this one. I may need to play a zone in my mouth here. All right. I'll say it. I'm disappointed. Yeah. I don't know. It tastes like a dog treat to me. Or like what a dog treat smells like is what this tastes like. Hmm. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, though, my dog's eating it very slowly. She doesn't <laughs> seem enthusiastic about it. Bacon mix? It's, bacon it's, mix? Not, it's not bacon enough for her. Yeah, what are the bacon, bacon strips, right? Bacon strips, yeah. Bacon, 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 bacon. bacon are you bacon, getting bacon. bacon at all? I'm getting Maybe. some sort of like smoky, like yeah, it's, chicory these are kind basically of thing. Gouda. Yeah. Yes, they're yeah, gouda. That's they're, exactly what they they're taste gouda like. Gouda Cheez-Its, which I oh my guess, god, if I guess you if marketed them as gouda Cheez-Its, I might eat the whole box. Well, yeah, you wouldn't. You'd be happier about it. I'd be much happier with it. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh. I guess they took Gouda and they were like, "If how can we turn this into a duo? It's sort of like a decomposed Gouda. You know, they put the smoke on one side, yeah, the I, creamy cheesiness on the other side, and then you recompose it. It also just has a, a, a scent to it that's not cheddar. I don't know. I think you mean deconstructed, by the way. Oh, maybe. I did. Decomposed is when it breaks down and turns into dirt. <laughs> That's exactly right. I did not mean. No, sorry. I did not mean the corpse of Gouda was being For created. All the gardeners here. out there, sorry, not dirt, soil. <laughs> soil, <laughs> nutritious, nutrient-rich soil. You're right. A deconstructed Gouda is what I was going for in my Top Chef vernacular. Oh man, I'm I'm realizing something right now. You've just opened up this box of the jalapeno cheddar uh, jack. jack. Yes. And I see that they're two different colors. It didn't occur to me that. There's a bacon one and a cheddar one in there. There was a subtle difference, yeah. a subtle change in color. You I almost wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, well, now I have to make sure to get one of each on, on this. Julian is being very careful as he now reaches his hand into the box. We're really cherry-picking here. Uh, but again, it is for science. One of them does taste like cheddar. Well, but cheddar isn't a stretch for cheese it to create. Well, that's their, their that's, that's their bread and butter. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is cheddar Jack versus the last one being just plain cheddar. That's true, and I catch a little Jack. There's an edge to the cheddar that implies Jack. Uh, now I have to reveal my incredible disappointment on the jalapeno side. <laughs> um, We're following disappointment up with incredible disappointment. Well. 
I know. The jalapeno not only doesn't taste like jalapeno at all. I would be I think it would be generous to call it piquant at all. I think it's devoid of flavor whatsoever. There's there's I guess nothing the out, of out of the cheese. <laughs> they literally have a flavorless puff in there along with cheddar jack, so it just mutes the cheddar jack. Well, there's something that sits on your tongue. It's just not a spice flavor. It's I mean, you, you like feel a little tingle, but it's but it's, it's barely yeah, there. No. I I'm, I don't know what fake jalapeno is that like companies use to mm-hmm. dust various things, but so this is not the dust that you would want. No. Or maybe it's just they barely put any dust on. I don't know. Um, I. But I also think that it's important to note what you were saying, Julian, about the change in color. Because to, to me, that implies that it's more than the dusting that is the flavor, right? That the, that the Cheez-It itself is going to have an intrinsic flavor in, in its bones, right? In its dough that it's, will be jalapeno That might be the implication, but we all know it's just marketing. All right, that's fair. This is a hell of a matchup, though. Let's be real. It's tough. Bacon has been disappointing. Bacon oh, was very disappointing. disappointing. Yes. We got Cheddar versus Cheddar Jack. That's basically a push. Yes. What's it going to be? Where are we going? I'm going with Jalapeno Cheddar Jack. Only because, only because I think the Cheddar Jack has more flavor than anything in the bacon whatsoever. I, I think I've got to go with the Gouda ones, not because I particularly like them, but because I imagine someone out there does. <laughs> I mean, remarketed as Gouda, I may have to change my vote, but for now I'm sticking with jalapeno. It just, it, it, they actually have, like, they carry a bit of flavor, whereas the jalapeno really, meh. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like I just came back from, like, a dentist visit and, like, little bit of, like, Novocaine's left on my tongue, and I'm not really feeling very good about oh, it. Oh, I thought you were going to say that, like, well, I guess now that we're adults, we don't get the fluoride treatment that we did as kids, but that you had, like, a dentist. Oh, the flavored, flavored one. Flavored. Yes, yeah. the Fain, flavored fluoride Fain, treatment. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't do it for me. I, I'm going to go with bacon. All right, what was your go-to flavored fluoride treatment? I think I would always pick terrible flavors. They were all terrible. They were all terrible. You should have just gotten the unflavored or the or mint the mint. One. The mint was one was actually the way to go, but you the had to get to a certain age to realize. So bad. I know, but I always you chose bubblegum. Right? <laughs> I chose bubblegum yeah. so many times, and I was always disappointed. Like and I don't know how, like, the way that bubblegum tasted. There's no way that wasn't rotting your teeth while it was. Strangling. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, it's while so, you're here. It was such a confusing message. Back in two weeks. Yeah. Well, it's like if somebody like filled up a tr- like opened up the back of a fountain machine and just like poured out some syrup from one of the sodas, <laughs> or did a suicide of just soda syrups, and, and then like just dipped your teeth into it uh, for like what was it? It was like ten minutes. Oh yeah, it was yeah. on there for a yeah. long time. Oh yeah. But, right, and it's so confusing. You're supposed to, like, taste that flavor, but you're not supposed to swallow or eat or chew or anything. You're just supposed to hold it in your mouth. All right, we are going on to the last match. Oh, so this was our first split decision, then. Yes. Yeah. We went with bacon, yes. bacon, cheddar, cheese. It's two to one. Split decision. We now go to our last matchup of the round. This is Baked by Brooklyn's Tandoori Spice Pita Chips versus... Flavor blasted goldfish, and the flavor is extra cheddar, spelled X T R A. Uh, we now go live to flavor blasted goldfish. Throw some love to Tig. Goldfish. It's definitely dusty. Yeah. All right. These definitely will have you licking your fingers after the fact, especially if you're diving into that narrow bag. But it's also a traditional goldfish, even though it's extra cheddar. Yeah, it's a traditional gold. It's a goldfish with some dust. And somehow it's it's less salty to me than a traditional goldfish. Okay. So even though it's dusted, I feel like I'm actually getting less cheddar flavor than yeah, ever I, before. Yeah, frankly, I feel like I'm in a spa. I feel like I've got water washing over me, cucumbers <laughs> over my eyes. I'm feeling very relaxed oh because I'm goodness. so not blasted with flavor. It's, it's like a gentle waft 
interesting of flavor, if anything. So what you're saying is that they've advertised extra cheddar, but really they've actually put less cheddar than the original. The bag looks like the bag looks like a fucking explosion of cheddar is happening, right? The traditional goldfish bag bag is a white bag with a little bit of orange and a little bit of fish swimming around. This is a fully orange bag. I am expecting to be hit in the face with, you know, a wheel of fucking cheddar. And instead, I'm in Julian's cheddar spa. I mean, it says extra cheddar per 51 pieces, so, yeah. So I have to eat 51 pieces to get any of that experience. Wait, what? It says extra cheddar per 51 pieces. No, the per fifty-one pieces. <laughs> I know. Is a serving I needed. Size. I, Tony. Tony's Tony. Tony. The fine print. Tony. Oh, this is embarrassing. Bony to lo- um, Tony. Um, it's you, per calories for fifty-one. You read. You've read this incorrectly. All right, break it down for us. Uh, the twenty-sevens uh, are having an issue with the fine print of the goldfish. It's just. We've all been there before. Uh, we see something and we think it is talking about... The MTA says, if you see something, say something. I saw something. The MTA? The MTA. If I see something, I say something. I saw something. Yeah. Uh, It just... Anyway, uh, I also think that your uh, take on, like, the bag is more orange, therefore my expectations were raised, is, is ridiculous. Whoa, the expectation game is a big part of the game, as is the... The, as is the marketing game, no as we said before, the bacon would have been fine if it was marketed as Gouda. But yeah, but my point here is that like the the reason I ex- expected extra cheddar is because it's called extra cheddar. Fair point. Fair point. We now go to the tandoori spice baked in Brooklyn. No cholesterol. Now this has some flavor. It's also the power of the pita, though. Pita chip is... Pita chip is a good chip. The pita has risen. The tandoori pita has definitely are risen. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Well, I, I like a tandoori chicken or a dry chicken tikka. And, and tandoori, though not from the region of the pita, I think they mix nicely together. I will say... Yeah, tandoori roti would be more appropriate. Uh, obviously. I will say that the uh, the chip is a dry chip. It's a very dry pita chip. Now I am of the Stacy's class you pita have chip. Uh, flavor glass of goldfish. <laughs> have that wash <laughs> over Chase me. Down, yeah. <laughs> you said um, you're Stacy's. What that liquid gold? Stacy's. Uh, Stacy's naked. Okay. Stacy's naked yeah. gets it done. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll event. I'll sometimes. You know, try, uh, what is it, Parmesan and garlic? I'll go that route brown occasionally. Sugar very, very good no, I'm not, oh, I'm not going to brown sugar. I'm not going to brown sugar, and I ventured into That's the garden medley before. Gabe already brown sugar no. in his hummus. So yeah. It's, he doesn't need to double up on that. I'm sweet enough, okay? Mr. Mister Sugar over here. That's what they call him. So uh, I, I want to read now from Pauline's notes uh, on tandoori spice and flavor-blasted goldfish. On tandoori spice, I was expecting more flavor than there was, and I ate one that was pretty well dusted. Has a spice to it. Meh. I could see it going well with hummus. Pretty succinct. Yeah. On the flavor blasted goldfish, she then uh, broke out into a chorus of, you've got cheesy blasters from 30 Rock. Yeah. Tina Fey's favorite snack. Um, but was underwhelmed by the flavor. Yeah. Um, even when licking off the dust from each individual goldfish. Um, yeah. So, who do we have, fellows? Oh, like tandoori for me. Tandoori. Another unanimous decision. It's the tandoori spice. Uh, that is going to close us out for this section of the Cracker Quadrant. Stay tuned for rounds two and three uh, to bring us to the Final four contestant from the Cracker Quadrant going on in the snack bracket. You've been listening to the Dull Boys on the Dull Crayons, and you're in the crayon box. 
All right, so so we're in class, and this kid he raises his hand, and he's he's really he's all eager with it, right? You know, it's the ooh ooh ah ah. So obviously, I make him work for it a little bit. I call on some other people, and you know, dawdle and yeah, people know. love a teacher who plays hard to get. Exactly. Well, I don't like to give in to somebody who's like trying to rush me and making me anxious, you know, with the ooh ooh ah ah, like whatever. So. I finally call on him, and he goes... And you like to be pursued, right? You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want to be wooed by a student? Well, it's not even that. I want, you know, I want him to shut the fuck up and realize that, you know, I'm not calling on the ooh-ooh-ah. I'm calling on the quiet hands. So oh, like, like, you gotta, that, like... That six-year-old who's in the back with a leather jacket and a cigarette. Yeah. And just like, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, you gotta... You, uh, the Judd Nelson of the class, yeah. Yeah, that's the kid that's who's the got like call on. a beat up copy of Catcher in the Rye in his back pocket. Yeah, <laughs> it's like wow. I wish Catcher in the Rye fit in my back pocket. God, that would be great. Just carry it around all day. What a mess. Yeah, and like this is a six or seven year old. Yeah, so like yeah, uh, just calling everybody phony in his red <laughs> hunting cat back there. But yeah, so I eventually call on him, and he starts off with the well, Mister Zuger, right? I'm so your kids call you Mister Zuger. They do. I'm, not like it's not Mr. Gabriel or even Gabe. It's not Mr. Gabriel. Um, it's, or Mr. Gabe. Uh, some have tried Mr. Z, which I, I don't take to that. Like, there are other teachers that'll shorten down to an initial, but, like, that's their choice, right? That maybe they have a harder-to-pronounce last name or, like, mm-hmm. you know, multi-syllables or whatever, so they've gone to, you know, the Does one. Does anybody call you Sugar? Nobody calls me Sugar yet, no. Um, Which, it's cool that you have a last name that means Sugar. <laughs> right. But, I mean, I have, it's not to say that I haven't, like, tried to float nicknames. Like, oh, I yeah. want to be approachable to the kids and, like, you know, show that I'm I'm down with it. I'm, I'm jiggy with it, you know. Oh, like a real like in a, Michelle Pfeiffer-y thing? Well, I'm just thinking more of backwards oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, your, yeah. on your chair yeah. and you explain to them that, like, William Shakespeare was just... The Jay Z of his time. I do. I do call most of my kids Coolio. You know, like what up, Coolio? I don't think Coolio was actually. You bring in your homework in, Coolio. I think just he the wasn't. song. He uh, wasn't was was in it. But Michelle was in Gangster's the music Paradise. video. Oh, was that one back when they had like a music video? If it was to part of a movie, with the movie they yes. would just have clips. They would have of clips the of the movie. Yes, that is lazy. No, I think it's awesome. It makes. Ooh. All the sense in the world. Couldn't you see, you know, Three Six Mafia in a music video with, you know, Hustle and Flow clips? It was Hustle and Flow. It was Hustle and Flow. Oh, yeah, they won the Oscar. They won the Oscar. Didn't they have a particularly unique acceptance speech? Um... I, I mean, I don't remember the acceptance speech. I thought I thought I, I remember it being things. like when they got their Oscar, they they got up like and started crying. Their, yeah, uh, or they said something ridiculous that people loved. Anyway, yeah, I think they just had a lot of fun with it and also had like the best performance that the Oscars have ever experienced. But yeah, so I've I've you know taken on that Michelle Pfeiffer backwards chair thing. Like I wanna, I want I want let kids me wrap to appreciate with you for let a second. Me, listen. I'm cool. I get down. You can, you can talk to me about real shit. You know what's really going on in the streets at six and seven years old. Um, but I mean, so far nothing has stuck. And I, I've even tried it with the other teachers. But like, I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm going about it the wrong way. Like maybe, you know, my well, what are you? Are, what are you trying to get them to call you that they're so resistant to? All right. So I. Like, one that I've tried a few times in, in you know, different settings is uh, Dome Chomsky, right? I gotta be honest, great. I, I do not think that your seven-year-olds are getting the reference. Well, they don't have to. It's just like, you know, you just hear it. It's got a ring to it, you know. Call me Dome. Dome Chomsky. All right. They, well, like, All right. <laughs> they're not gonna get any of the references. They're seven. Um... All right, or like, uh, you know, Steve Cash. Off of Steve Nash? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Simple. Simple, elegant, um, don't chance the crapper. You know? That's one for your... uh, That's like your Weird Al character that does... (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah. You turn all of, like, chance the rapper's... Uh, Christian religious music into Jewish religious yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. 
And, uh, right. And it's, it's, it's really good for your, you know, super allergenic kids and, uh, the, the ones with, um, you know, what's the no touching thing? Like, uh, like Howie Mandel and, uh, you mean like a germaphobe? Yeah. Like a germaphobe. Yeah. You know, people, you know, afraid to do number two at school, you know, don't change oh, the crapper. Okay. So yeah. 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 So like it's, it's, I see. It's got play for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. It's a universal. Um, Walt Clyde Fraser Crane. It's a little long. Say again? Walt Clyde Fraser Crane. Walt Clyde Fraser Crane. Well, because Walt Clyde Fraser is the basketball player. Uh-huh. But then, you know, I'm the cerebral Walt Clyde. I'm the Walt Clyde Fraser Crane. Also, you love Tosca Allen and Scrambled Eggs. Uh, and, uh, and always playing hard bars. in the paint. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, See, it works on all levels. All levels. Um, the kosher joker with his What's tagline, that? why so verklempt? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of something that rhymes with serious. That's I know. I don't have I listen, I tried for a very long time to come up with a Yiddish word that rhymes with serious, but it's it doesn't lend itself. Um we can move on to the next one, but I'm gonna come back to it. Alright, you're gonna come back to it. Um Oh, I also thought on on the heels of our Mensch on the Bench discussion, the uh Aaron Judge Berg. The Mensch on the Bench, you know, mm-hmm. it's a... That's a new one, right? The kids would love that because, you know, Aaron Judge, hot new Yankee, right? It's honestly Rookie nothing you said that kids would love. <laughs> uh, um, the the but the, also I I, I want to get back to these names, but like, how do you? I'm trying to understand how in a classroom setting you float this. Well, like usually, okay, so... Do you guys so, play name games and you're like... No, 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 you no, You guys no. can call It's nothing like that. But like sometimes if I need to real talk with a kid, right? A kid is going through something or they're having an issue with conflict resolution. Oh, you're like, I'll right bring now, them aside. No, no, I'm no. not Mr. Zuger right now. Well, wait, wait, wait. I'm that, the mention on the There's bench. a little bit of lead into it, right? It's like, it's like come into my office and my office is usually actually just the hallway where we can like talk in private for a minute. It's like come into my office, you know, say... You know, oh, what a lovely office you have, you know, and, uh, you know, I, for right, exactly, like you said, right now, I'm, I'm not Mr. Zuger, I'm not your teacher, I'm Aaron Judgeberg, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just like I'm you. I'm bringing to you straight, you know, <laughs> I'm objective, I'm third party. I'm just like you, I'm the Dome Chomsky. I'm Dome Chomsky, you know, um. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised that you don't do it where you, like, bring them to the basketball court and you're like, step into my office. Oh, well, if the basketball court were closer and more accessible <laughs> and open all the time, then yes. Or, but I wouldn't or want to bring them into them the out, middle of gym class and just announce the to the class. onto the street and you're like, welcome to my office. Streets. <laughs> School of Hard Knocks is in <coughs> session, young man. I actually take them up to the roof. It's kind of like Yurt of the Turtle, and I just say, I announce to them that everything you can see is my kingdom, right? This is all mine right here. This is where I live. This is where I teach. And then you bring them over to your carrier pigeons, and you're like, this is how I send messages to my boys without letting the cops know. I have based a lot of my life on the teachings taught in uh, Ghost Dog, Mm. You know, the way of the samurai. They also have that in uh, Training Day. The carrier well, pigeons. But in, yeah, but in Training Day, it's just a message to let people know that 5 is in the hood. But in Ghost Dog, he, he really, like, loves well, he, his pigeons. And, and, and ties notes to their legs. And he ties notes to their legs, yeah. That's cool. I forget who he's sending them to, but... Well, oh, so he he's tying notes to their legs and sending them to his... Uh, Future self? Well, no, 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 his... um. His shogun, right? Because he's mm. he's the samurai or he's the ronin to you know some Italian boss, right? Mm. A mob boss. Yeah, it's a great movie. Anyway, back to your all right. So back to my list. Okay, um, another one. This one has sort of a, a, a two prong thing to it. It's a uh, 
Thomas Pynchon unmasked. And then on the heels of that is Inherent Spice. You know, because I'm, I'm spicy with it. And because and Inherent Vice was one of his novels. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of literary ones. It doesn't sound ones. that much like a name, though. There's a lot of literary ones. There's um, also F. Hot Spitz Gerund. That one might have reached too far. So, J.D. Howitzer. You say a lot of words that end in I-N-G. I say a lot of I-N-G words, dog. Uh, um, J.D. Howitzer. And and also specifically, not the past imperfect version of I-N-G. Right. The, you know, strictly used as a gerund. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty clear, Julian. I, I don't think you should need to analyze that right. one too Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, the Urban Surgeon with a Fresh Bourbon. That's actually, there, I mean, I don't know if the bourbon thing's appropriate for your kids, but, like, that that feels like a nickname. All right, the, 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 the Kindergarten Consigliere. There you go. Also one I don't think they'd understand, but also, like, that feels like a nickname that, you know, Makes sense. All right, good. We're good. We're uh, we're on a good track then. We're on All a good right. track then. This is one I've been trying to get you to to vibe with on me, but because it's not really for the kids. I'm not gonna call you boss. Kid. The the Podfather's favorite pod son. Um. Yeah, I just. You know, maybe it's because I didn't like grow up with a Godfather or anything. It. The idea of someone having multiple Godchildren seems strange to me. That's true. So it like. Anyway, keep going. All right, all right. Um, I've got the the movie cost denier. That. That just sounds like a thing you do, and it's just a thing I do. It's just accurate. Well, I'm I trying mean, to be accurate. I have been with Gabe at an AMC, and he has tried to haggle, with, the AMC staff, both on ticket prices and popcorn prices. All right, MC Stammer. I feel like if you had a stammer, that would make more sense, but it's a great nickname for someone. <laughs> One of my less accurates. All right, Game Recognized Goyim. I feel like that's, more a tagline. That's, line that's than, a phrase. Yeah, that that's you all right. That's a phrase. Have. All right. I, Do you remember I'm gonna bring back game the movie The Goyim. Grand, where Ray Romano keeps trying to make the phrase, don't pee in your wetsuit happen? <laughs> Fuck, is The Grand about gambling? Is yeah, it a poker Woody, movie? Woody Harrelson yeah. owns a casino. Yeah. And he's going to lose it, and in order to keep it, he hosts this And it's a bunch of comedians playing the Different poker, poker players. players. It was right. at the, the height of poker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poker, like 2005. Uh, World series of poker stuff. When yeah. people would just watch people playing poker on TV. Yeah. <laughs> on, like, ESPN2. Yeah. Um, it was on all the fucking time. All the time. Anyway, uh, Werner Herzog has a great... Uh, part in it Jesus where he Christ. plays this guy called the German who's a poker player who kills a small animal each time before he plays just so he can experience total control before going into a poker game. Werner Herzog is reaching this critical mass point where he's almost more famous for his cameos than he is for actual movies he himself has made. And like even even when he is not the voice in things, people will still try to do Werner Herzog all the time in, you know, comedy bits and stuff. Well, yeah, he's a weird character. He's, he's fun. such a character. Um, we got any more? I've got Juminati. As in, like, the Illuminati, but a Jew? Yeah. Well, like, the Juminati sounds like you and your group of friends. That's maybe, like... Your click, yeah, and you I all think you're have right. I think you're individual right. nicknames. All right, how about this one, Sandy Nofax? Yeah, I like that. I like I like it because it works both ways, right? It's like no fax, like no fax machine, because it's 2018. But also, it's like no facts. Well, yeah, I was Said thinking really the no facts, right? Um, because no facts, facts don't matter, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't have any. So. Or you'd be like, Sandy, no facts and no facsimile. As in, there's no one else <laughs> like you. I like that. Yes. Sandy, no facts, no facsimiles need apply. Right? Well, like, there are no facts. There are none. Yeah, okay. nobody, there's nobody like you. Right. Digging it. Broke Digging the it. mold 
of people whose names kind of sound like Sandy Koufax. Well, like, I feel, I feel like I'm hogging this at this point, but, like, aren't there any nicknames that you've ever had or, like, wanted to get started? No. I No. My experience with nicknames has always been uh, negative. Because I, I just feel like... No, I've never had a nickname uh, that hasn't been mean-spirited. Well, that's why I've been trying to get my own started. But, like, what are you talking... Like, you're not a teacher. Like, you don't have students calling you by negative nicknames. Like... No, but Is this I, childhood stuff? Well, yeah, I mean... I... You know, I love my apartment. Um, and my building's great altogether. But there are some very mean kids who live in the building. And they just... You know, they... I mean, teens can be so, they can be so cruel, Julian. I I can see this is really, like, if you don't want to go there, I don't want to, I don't want to push you into this area, but. Well, I mean, I'm an adult. I, I can deal with it. It's just like, I, all the ones that have stuck are ones that I think imply something negative. So these are like the same kids calling you the same, like. Well, they're always hanging out in the lobby. This doesn't feel good, man. It's like, if I, if there was another entrance I could go into the building, I would, but. You know, they're just there. You know, yeah. I'm always... It's just like I know it's going to be emotionally difficult to go into my building. Wow. There's like a lot of dread in this. Like I can I can feel like it's it must be hard for you to leave, even to like go walk the dog if you know that coming back you might Well, when I leave as well. Level of bullying. Right, yeah. yeah. Anytime I want to use the front door. Right. I mean, what are they saying? Like, I, I mean, it's like, it's stuff that I don't even understand half the time. Like, well, they're teenagers. They don't make any fucking sense. They called me, uh, the boring Bam Margera. What? Yeah, which, like, uh, sounds just like, I, I think Bam Margera is, like, probably one of the worst people out there. But, like, I guess his, like, saving grace is that he's, like, a somewhat charismatic guy. Uh, I feel like the boring Bam... I, because I don't look like Bam Margera. You don't look like Bam Margera, dog. That's just... I think they're just calling me awful. Wow. Unredeemable. I mean, yeah, he's pretty... He's pretty unredeemable to begin with, but if he were boring, I'd see that he'd have no value in life and would probably be better off killing himself. So, yeah, that's really bad. Is that it? You like No, you said there's, there's more. Um... I don't know. Uh, they they regularly whenever I'm wearing uh, my overcoat and I come in. Okay. They they all accuse me of being. Uh, they they call me. Uh, they say, "Hey, you little rascals!" And then they try and take off my overcoat uh, because, and they keep saying, "Like we know it's three of you stacked under there. We know it." Um, and, you know, and I open it up and I show them, like, no, I'm just, I'm just one man. I'm not three little kids stacked like a totem. But, no, they just, uh, they try to, like, lift up my shirt and stuff like that. It's just, it's... Uh, wow, so this is, this is verging on assault. Like, I understood it was, like, emotional and, you know, we might need to get, like, 311 services in here. But now we're talking about them, like, physically undressing you and accusing you of being three people at once. Yeah, and I get it. It's fun, and, like, it's it's a fun play on a vaudevillian trope. Like, it's 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 a well-thought-out bit. I'll give them that. But, like, at, at the same time, I know that, like, it's only for their own amusement. It's not like they're including me because they like me. They're involving me because they think I'm vulnerable. I mean, fortunately, that can only happen and in also, you know months when you're I, wearing your overcoat. That I have sort of, you know, kind of a weird, lanky, off-kilter gait, which does make it look like I'm three kids struggling to keep balance. But certainly when you're not wearing your overcoat, they're not assaulting you in this way, right? If it's the summer months and you're, you know, in just jeans and a t-shirt, then there can't be this kind of physical undressing and... uh, you know, trying to break you apart into three separate human beings. So is there any respite when you aren't 
clothed in in very, you know, reminiscent vaudevillian manners. Well, I wouldn't say I'm dressed in a vaudeville. I'm just wearing an overcoat. It's just a wool overcoat. I see. So there isn't a top hat involved because I I was imagining a top hat and and maybe white gloves. I mean, no, but they do pull on my beard, saying like, "We know it's fake," right? Um, let's see. I guess uh, I and this is they they call me. My name's not Steve, as we all know. Uh, they call me Steve the Human Pigeon, sometimes, and they do they coo at me. They coo, yeah, like <laughs> exactly like that. Wow, um, you know, and then they throw like bread on the floor, but they don't break it up into little pieces. They throw just slices of bread. So now they're keeping around loaves of bread and throwing them at your feet where you walk. I mean. To be honest, you know, it it feels like it's not a good enough bit to be carrying around an extra loaf of bread just to do that, but have you talked to your neighbors about this? Is this just, like, specific treatment to you, or is this a whole block-wide thing? I don't want to make it a thing. It's, I mean, I don't know if it's block-wide. It, it might be that they do this to all the adults in the building that aren't their parents, but, uh... I just, I don't know, I I feel weird, uh, you know, going to someone's parents or something to, to, to say that, you know, your teenage kid is bullying me, a full-grown adult. Um, but, you know, I can't hit the kids either, so it's a catch-22. I just hate to see you suffer like this, Julian. It's, you know, I can see your physically shaking just even talking about it now and the color has sort of drained from your face um you know if there's anything we can do or anything the listeners can do out there i I hope you'll let us know and i I hope this situation resolves itself uh sooner rather than later you know it's it's fine it just uh it's been a bad taste in my mouth with nicknames yeah um yeah uh I think they, it, they they also like they get into sort of like cockney rhyming slang stuff to make fun of me as well which which is weird because you know I live in I live in New York I don't I don't live in the south of London yeah uh but you know they called me uh Koopa Troopa which like at first I was like oh okay it's like uh whatever it's a, it's fine um and then you know, I, that felt like a kind of, like, good one. Like, you know, it's not negative or positive, but it's... It's like a rapport. Like yeah, and so it's know. like, hey, guys, it's me, Koopa Troopa, and yeah. they'd all giggle. And then, like, one of them was like, son, we're making fun of your fupa, your fat upper pussy area. And uh, that just... Damn. They said, uh, you got a body like Pam, the SNL character. Wow. Uh, which also, I have to admit, these teenagers... They're, like, I think really because, well-researched. Well, because of, like, Hulu and Netflix, they have access to a lot of, like, dated uh, television. So, you know, they're just reference monsters. Yeah. Um, <sighs> that's That's incredible. So, I mean... I think that's going to do it. This has been uh, The Dull Boys. I'm uh, the urban surgeon with a fresh bourbon. And this has been uh, Fat Rooney over here. Fat Mickey Rooney. And we'll what see you, you later. What are you even talking? That's... Round two. And welcome to round two and three of the Cracker Quadrant. The Quacker Quadrant. Uh, for those of you with speech impediments out there. Um... Of the snack bracket, I again am Gabriel Zuger, along with Julian and Tony from the Bronx. We're the Dull Boys, and round two works a little bit differently than round one. In round one, it was majority rules on the panel here on the International Confections Committee. Round two is actually Olympic scoring. Uh, So we have ranked the four remaining challengers, that's the nutmeg and cinnamon triscuit, the fig and honey triscuit, the uh, duos bacon and cheddar cheese-it, and the tandoori spice pita chip on the following three categories. Appetizing aesthetic, 
flavor profile, mouthfeel, otherwise known as texture, and these are scored on an Olympic score of, uh, you know, zero to ten. Um, hundreds of a place will be factored in. Um, maximum score of 30. Uh, so let us begin with nutmeg and cinnamon triscuit. What did you boys give to the Dark Horse? 20. Got a 20. Okay. Anything stand out for you there? And your any any highs, lows? The highest it got was on the mouthfeel because Triscuit's got great mouthfeel. Yeah. Got a, an eight. Right. It's a fucking Triscuit, so it's going to taste like other Triscuits. Good mouthfeel. I have it at a 24.5. Um, it had great mouthfeel. I gave it an 8.5 on mouthfeel. Wow, 24.5. That means that's eight. like a stellar snack. It's okay. It's okay. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I agree with On you. flavor, I dropped it. On flavor, I dropped it down. But I think as far as appetizing, I, I was intrigued in it. I gave it an 8 on its appetizing appeal. I, I just, I felt like I wanted it. I was, the box is nice. Like, there's a lot going into a Triscuit. I'm, I think I, I, I heavily weighted the Triscuits. Tony. Sounds like the ad right there. The box is nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it for me. I mean, I gave it a 14. Triscuit. I gave it a 14. But Jesus. I also guess I hate old white people then, according to what we discussed earlier. I mean, this is... I gave it an 8 for appetizing. This is yeah. the racist white person. But yeah, I mean, it. like, flavor profile, I thought it was a bust. I gave it a 3. I was disappointed. And I'm all about texture mouthfeel. I really am. I'm not the biggest Triscuit fan. So for me, I gave it a 3. I just... It's not... It doesn't sit well with me. You got a 14 overall. It's true. I, you know, you may, you may, you may be onto something there. I, I have it at a six at flavor profile, but again, only because you know, if you've made it to round two, you had something, you know, coming in. Um, so or you just were seated against a really bad. Yeah, I was just saying. Let's true. be real. That's true. Kale and sea salt did not show up. Uh, you've got, you've got me rethinking. So my it whole, could have had my a whole four. scorecard. Yeah, I gave it a three. They played against the wild card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. gave it a three in flavor profile. For me, kale and sea salt was at least a two, one, or a zero. Once again, the play-in game has come back yeah. to haunt us. Yeah. Uh, right. Fig, fig, and honey triscuits. Now this, this was a fan favorite. I was a big fan of this, and it got a twenty-two from me. So you know, just so the audience has a barometer of my judging. Yeah, absolutely. I have it at a, a 27.5. I mean, this is, to me, as close to perfect as you can come in a snack. Flavor profile, it's a perfect 10, dog. Mouthfeel, again, 8.5. It's a fucking Triscuit. You know, what do you got, Tony? You use that P word, perfect. I don't know about that. I yeah. know you said close to perfect, but I, I disagree with you. I'm with Tony. You're not giving yourself <laughs> yeah. any place to go. I'm actually embarrassed that we scored the same exact score in Wonderlick right now because I gave it a 16, okay? Better than a nutmeg one. But you gotta remember, this was up against the fucking lemongrass one. The ginger and lemon. It was not all that great. It was a good snack. But for me, it got a 16. I got it 9 in appetizing aesthetic. I give it to you. It's fine. Flavor profile, give me a 4. And nut, uh, the mouthfeel texture, it's a, it's a Triscuit. Nutmeg and fig, both Triscuits, they got threes for me. But like, Gabe... What, what, if, what if we had a hint of lime chip, right? That's not in this bracket. But, like, what's that going to be? Only one point higher really? than a fig and honey Triscuit? You know what? I think he was uh, freebasing during break. A hint of lime chip is a ten uh-huh. is tens across the board. Yeah, but my point is it's only 2.5 points higher, higher. on a 30-point scale. You guys, think, the- you guys think I'm being generous with this one. I'm going to finish the box. This is not a game for me with the fig and honey Triscuit. It's not a game. They, they are coming back home with me next time I go to the supermarket. But it's also only three points higher. What, it, it, it's not that far off from your uh, nutmeg and cinnamon. Cracker, cracker is my category. I feel you've been doping or something. There, there's some <laughs> rigged shit going on here. I don't like this one. Can we just go on, please? On to bacon and cheddar duos Triscuit. Uh, cheese it. Cheese it. Sorry. Um, for, the, for the cheese it, I have it at a, uh, a 22.5. I'm giving it, again, a lot of home field advantage. Being a cheese it, I think you get a lot of, a lot of credit for that. Um, Tony? I give it a 16. Same score as the fig. I'll tell you why. For me, it made up points in the texture, the mouthfeel. Otherwise, it was less than the fig and nutmeg for appetizing aesthetic. And flavor profile was the same. But okay. I like the feel of a cheese in my mouth. That's fine. I yep. gave it a 15. It was yeah, fine. It was fine. Middle of the road, middle of the pack type stuff. Yeah. I, I could conceivably see having that box in my pantry and not finishing it. 
Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Well yep. And the tandoori spice pita chip, I've got, it's the lowest on my card. It's a, it's a 21 for me. Uh, mouthfeel felt very dry. I gave it a seven. Uh, and flavor profile was just an eight. Not, not doing too much there. I, uh, I gave it a 20. Uh, it, it does seem like a good entertaining cracker. Seems like, you know, people like dipping uh, pita chips into stuff. Sure. I'm sure it would get used. Um, whereas I wasn't that confident about the Cheez-Its. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to our conversation about Triscuit, you know, as an appetizer, right? As an hors d'oeuvre, you know, you put something, accompany it with something. The same thing can be said with hummus here, with the uh, pita chip. But I like a pita chip. I like the feel of it. Uh, I gave it a 17. It was the highest score it got for me out of the four. Not by much. By one wow. Point, by one point. Wow. By one point. But I didn't think it was all that great. I think the appetizing aesthetic, it's, there's nothing all that appealing, honestly, for me. Can I'm we sorry. just say, wow. I mean, listen, I'm a, tough, I'm a tough critic. As you said, I would hope to be, more than anything, snack smart. I grew up in the streets of the Bronx, you know, Kingsbridge repping, and, and we lived on quarter water and, and Linden's cookies, and when we could afford to get the Cheez-Its and stuff, we did. But right now... But mostly they ate us. I mean, really, that's about it. Flavor profile, five, and mouthfeel, an eight. That's where I got the most points, an eight for me. And, you know, Tony, also, Tony. Hey, I should point out that Tony has killed a lot of his taste buds just eating copious amounts of hot fries. Uh, so, absolutely. I'm a big hot fry guy. Tony, so if I... I just, yeah. You know, there's... The reason these things are scoring low, skewed. in part, is that like there's much like how a cocaine addict can no longer achieve certain heights of happiness. Tony can now he's lived off of hot fries. High. We, I think Fire we so call long. it anhedonia. It's the loss of pleasure where pleasure was once had. You can't chase that dragon. You know I, you can never catch I agree. it. Well, that's heroin. But <laughs> I agree. But same. Listen, let me let me stand up for myself here. I gave I gave mouthfeel an eight. Mister Zuger here. Said that it was very dry. What did you give the mouthfeel? Oh no, Mr. Zuger uh, is a great. What is happening? Uh, I, if I if I'm that, then what is he? I the thing is, get Mr. Zuger's uh, students when they're applying to whatever the next grade they're going into is, they're gonna look at Mr. Zuger's grades and they're like, we wish we could discern something from these. But Gabe just wants to give everybody a four. When I was in elementary school, we were graded on one to four. So he's giving everyone, he's giving everyone the good effort award. Yeah, the AP grading. Uh. Um, I, I, I just wanted to ask, Tony, if, if I had brought in New York deli-style oh, potato chips. No, the potato chips. Oh, yeah, the jalapeno, jalapeno, jalapeno flavor. Oh, no, is that a 30? Is you, that a 30? Are you talking about like that pink-purplish bag one? Yeah, the oh, red. Crack. It's, yeah, oh, yeah, it's crack. It's yeah. over. It's over. And that's it's that over. for the for folks at home, that is the reason I didn't buy those chips. It's it was over. obviously gonna be an unfair or get the nostalgia party mix advantage. Too, that's fine too, party yeah. mix would also yeah. work. Uh, so moving out of the third round is the fig and honey triscuit and the tandoori spice pita chip. Wow, I did not see that coming. The uh, sleeper, baby! I it's the sleeper. It. I smelt it. We now Wait, move what's on. The sleeper? Tandoori I think Tandoori is coming out of I never nowhere. saw it happening. The fig, okay. yeah, it, it's definitely making it farther than Come we on. would have thought it was. Ah, but it's fine. I, I, I'm still, look, smart money's not on it taking the whole thing. No, but no. there's upsets. It's, I mean, come on. No, Vegas is betting the other way. Um, now, the third but round. Again, Trump did win. All those, uh, all those stats people All the were polling wrong. data was wrong. Yeah. Uh, Tendori could win. The third, the third round with a little Russian intervention. The third round goes a little bit differently. Uh, round one again, majority rules. Round two, Olympic scoring. Round three is a yay or nay vote from uh, wife of the pod, uh, Pauline. Round three. And I'm getting word from her right now. Yeah, it's a yay for Fig and Honey Triscuit. So coming out of the Cracker Quadrant is the Fig and Honey Triscuit, making it all the way to the final four. Uh, we will come back to you with uh, the final four standings and, of course, the final four results uh, at an episode to be determined later. Uh, you've been listening to The Dull Crayons. We are The Dull Boys, and thanks for joining us. Goodbye.